Welcome to the Community Podcast, brought to you by the Community Paper. Since 1989, the Community Paper has been sharing good news happening in downtown Orlando and College Park. Your hosts for the show are Orlando native and the paper's publisher, Debbie Gunter, and Orlando transplant and managing editor, Tommy Cardinal. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Community Podcast. We have a special guest with us for this episode. Nick Jorgudio and I sat down with Nora Brooker, owner of Nora's Sugar Shack in Ivanhoe Village. Nora's has been a staple in the community for over 18 years now. Listen to our conversation. Hi, I'm Nora, the owner of Nora's Sugar Shack. That's all I have to say. That's me introducing myself. That's good. That's all I needed. <laughs> is, it, is your last name Brooker? Yeah. B-R-O-O-K-E-R? But you never give up all your evidence. <laughs> um, Mother's maiden name? No. Okay. <laughs> Are you you originally from New York? Yeah. What part? Upstate New York, Adirondack Mountains. Born in the city, then moved to Adirondack Mountains. Really pretty up there. Okay. Yeah. You still have family up there? Uh, not really. That's why I'm kind of down in Florida. My brother still lives up there. He runs a construction company in Old Forge, New York. Well, tell me what brought you to Florida. My car, because that's how I got here. But uh, <laughs> otherwise... <laughs> um, it's a long, long, long roundabout story, but my parents moved to Hawaii when I was 18 years old, and I was going to college, and my mom made me come out to Hawaii, and then when I went back to Syracuse, I was like, not so much. It wasn't my thing to be in the gray anymore after mm-hmm. being at the beach and enjoying it and finishing some classes out there, and uh, went back to Lemoyne and Syracuse University and said, no, my brother's down here, and he's like, why don't you come and check it out down here? So I did. I moved down. And then I started going to Valencia because it was cheaper to start at Valencia and then went and finished at UCF. So I actually have two separate degrees because I got a lot of college credits in high school. So it was kind of fun. Nice. Yeah. Business and marketing and sales and uh, communications was the start of my career in college. Awesome. But since they wanted me to take a foreign language for two more semesters before I could graduate, I'm like, I'm graduating right now. Goodbye. (laughs) So you got it. Did you get a associates at Valencia and then a bachelor's at kind of just everything was UCF it's kind of you wanted maybe an associates but it really didn't it just played into the courses at Mm -hmm. UCF because it was cheaper to do it that way everything transferred over I never got an actual two-year degree because I already had more than that right when I went to UCF okay yeah so you graduated from UCF with the marketing business business it's a BSBA okay yeah um did a lot of stuff for ConAgra did a lot of uh um, strategic planning. It's kind of funny because I did a sales pitch for um, my sales class at UCF. For the, uh, I was a president of the marketing and sales department over there. And ConAgra kept it, and so did my teacher keep it so they could use it for their own classroom education. Nice. Yeah, it was kind of cool. I had the hardest, hardest, hardest lady. It was a secretary of the dean, and she was just... Like, I thought she was going to be all nice because she and I liked each other. Oh, she was horrible. She, she was wonderful, but she was horrible, like, as a as what your so-called customer was that you had to make very happy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She was a grocery store manager acting as. <laughs> <laughs> she was not happy with the previous sales rep, I'll tell you that much. So then you went into beverage distribution? Um, After that... Oh, my life is is it's been all over. So right after that, I did some um, 
stuff for Wayne Dench way back in the day for Orlando Wayne Dench, the original mm-hmm. Wayne Dench. And it was kind of just fun to do like marketing plans, strategic planning for them and just going in and seeing about beer and then Unique a Brewing also um, helped them out with a few things. But then I got into actually working for a distributor supplier, mm-hmm. which was Moody Distributing. And then the importer was uh, Collins Importings and Edelweiss, um, Robert E. Golds and all them. So I'd go over to Europe. And I travel and I go run and I get on the train and go to brewery to brewery to brewery to brewery. Never really saw Europe because I was always on a train and then in a brewery. And then I would just go and, and try to find suppliers and importers to bring this stuff back to. Besides working for Moody Distributing, like we had Spot and Tuker, Newcastle, Watney's, um, Fuller's. I mean, we had EKU 28. We had so many different beers. Yeah. So then from there, I was sales rep doing all of downtown, all of Brevard County, like not all of it, but most of it. So downtown Orlando, Longwood, UCF area, and um, Disney. Evelyn Dyson was the lady that did all the purchasing for contemporary resorts, and uh, she's like, I only want Nora. And I was like, okay, you can have me. And even when I quit the company, she's still like, Nora, can you do the beer and food and Epcot wine and food festival for me. I'm like, I guess so I could. I don't really want to have on tickets. Okay, I'll be right there. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell me Nord's Sugar Shack origin story. How did that begin? Well, after I worked for Moody Distributing, the company got bought out, and that's why I became sales manager for Moody Distributing to make them look better on paper. Um, we were still just what we were ever, just fun, loving company. So there was a small independent distributor that I worked for, and then we got bought out by National Distributing, which is in Atlanta. And then um, it was different. It was a whole different dynamic. And I was a beer division manager, which just was a title <laughs> because they really didn't know anything about beer. So I'd go around. I did a lot of beer classes, a lot of beer t- um, tastings, testings, helping people with this, that, and the other thing. That's how I got really real with Disney and the Peabody Hotel and Universal Studios when CityWalk was around, when they did the big beer events out at CityWalk. That was, I was known for all that stuff, for getting everyone situated in that kind of situation. Um, then from there, we were delved into beer deeper at um, National, but it was more on the domestic and microbrew side, like mm-hmm. a lot of the microbrews. And it was really kind of sad because I was working with people that are wine reps. And then I was working with people that are liquor reps that really had all these. And this is what it is with any kind of supplier. You always have priorities and they're changing on the daily, but they never focus on beer. And I'm like, hello, I'm this little kid back here. So it would be frustrating, but it was also wonderful. Like some of my customers uh, talk about Fiddler's Green. They were like, we love you so much. We're just going to kick Guinness Bass and Harp off for St. Patrick's Day. Two years in a row they did this and put on my products, Beamish Tenants, Newcastle, and Strongbow Cider. That's how well I was liked in the industry. And then we got bought out. Moving fast forward, then what happened is I they said they were getting out of beer, and they really weren't. But my boss and I... He didn't like the fact that I could answer any question without having to worry about it. I could, I had every answer that he ever needed for any kind of question that he asked. Mm-hmm. But he liked to have his thumb on everybody and his finger yeah. and everything. And he liked to micromanage. So I wanted out. He told me that we were getting out of beer, but it was a lie. Um, we weren't really getting out of beer. They were getting out of the Nora business. Yeah. Because he just, so he let someone else, it was a paper pusher, take over and not a moneymaker. And corporate wanted money. 
Like they liked what I did. I ran the whole state of Florida and I made them lots and lots of money. But then the whole dynamics were changing. Uh, the company, his, uh, the company owner, one of the owners, his dad passed away, which was the main owner. And the son kind of lost focus. And I was his baby. The beer side of was his baby, his thing that he got to control. And then he lost control of himself and his business too. And just was like, so when he found out, I went to national accounts. So then I go to national accounts. Well, if you can't leave Florida, how can you be nationwide? You can't. So I was like, this is stupid. I can't. How am I going to service? I got, I'm talking to California, but I can't drop you samples off. I can't introduce myself. I can't let you see that I'm behind all yeah. that I do. Everything mm -hmm. that I give you, I'm going to be there with you the whole step of the way. It doesn't sell, you know? So I was like, I can't do this. I'm working out of my house. I'm like, the refrigerator was more interesting than what was going on in the computer, you know? So I'm like, done. So they had to get rid of two people. And I was like, me, and like, no, your numbers are great. I said, no, I want to go. I really, really, really need to go. I said, all I do is I feel like I cover everything. I take care of you guys so you guys don't have to do much. And I can't do that. To be honest, I felt like I was an ass cover because they were the biggest ass kissers you ever wanted to meet. So I started this. I came into Nora's. I left corporate and started doing my passion again, which was beer. Went back to all my imports, went back to all of my um, micros, got to meet a lot of the other supplier reps. It mm -hmm. was really a lot of fun because it would be like, oh, hops and hops and hops. And I'm like, wow, this is all new to me. Because you go from an import side with all the hops and the barleys and the malts and all that, and then you come to double hop, triple hop, cascading hops, all these hops that were there but never blended together to give you seven layers of hops. So it was kind of fun to get all these young kids that came in and started talking to me. And that was going to be 18 years in February because I've been here 18 years. Oh, and wow. I really love what I do. And it's really community-based. It's a lot of fun. Come in here, you feel like family. You come once, you come back again, everyone knows your name or they recognize your face and they're like, hey, how are you? How are you? What was it like taking the leap, starting your own business like that? It was just you, right? It was just me and it was a little scary. Me and a credit card. <laughs> and a dream. Yeah, me and a credit card and a dream. Absolutely a, a big dream. Um, I was like, so when I was in corporate, I did everything I needed to do to set my foundation. Okay, I saved money. I bought my house back in 1997 on Dubsford Golf Course. I own it outright. I have zero debt still to this day, and I'm very thankful for that because my mom taught me how to be good with your money. Um, if I had a mortgage payment, I don't know if I could still do this because the rent here is really crazy. But at the same time, it's it's not any less anywhere else. I don't think you know. And you gotta always keep your don't live your dream, but don't let your dream kill you. You know, don't let it, don't let it, don't let it set you back. Don't let it stop you from what you want to do. If your dream isn't working, find another dream, mm -hmm. you know, find another passion, find something else that makes you live. This makes me live. I love coming here every day, 90% of the time. Um, I love seeing the eyes that people get when they walk in the door, like, oh my God, this place is so cool. I went out on Sunday with my girlfriend downtown and it was like, oh my God, this place is so cool. Cause I haven't been in out in so long. I went somewhere else and I was like, oh, you got stuff on the wall too. I can go look at it. It's like eye candy, you know? And um, that's kind of like Nora's Sugar Shack, how it's got its name is the Sugar Shack's like a maple syrup place in New York. So my dad and I used to hang out in the 
shack making maple syrup late night the guys would play cards they talk and it's also like a juke joint where you go and you have fun and you vibe and it's just a really casual loungy kind of feel and the sugar shack part is it's not your kid's candy store it's adult candy i mean if you can't come in here and don't think that you're like a kid in a candy store you should go in the cigar room and watch the guys go oh my god so they just it makes me smile it makes me smile to make people happy it's uh, part of my heritage of being Irish and Italian and just wanting to please everybody, but also get you to drink and enjoy it as well. <laughs> I, I read that you sell cigars because your grandfather smoked them? No. Oh, I don't know who, I don't, if they wrote that. Well, that it, was in the Orlando Sentinel, so. Yeah, oh. that probably was Trevor. Oh, you know what? Not a lie. There wasn't, it, yes, it was my grandfather, but he used to smoke, but it was my mom's, mom's, it was my step-grandfather. How about this? It's Papa LaMonico. It's my mom's, um, my grandmother's husband. And he used to smoke these mm-hmm. big ones. It's not why I got in the cigar industry, though. I just love the smell of smoke cigars. I do. I love that leathery smell. Um, going over to Tampa when I first moved to Florida, I loved going to Ebor. And, I, and it was just also something that was interesting, something that I haven't delved into, but something that was a passion and something that's not going to go away. So if you always find a niche that people are always going to want or need, that's where I go. Like the when you can't do the imports so much no more now it's micros and now it's going actually back to imports. Like I sell a lot of imports because everyone's getting a little tired of too much flavor in their beer, mm-hmm. you know. But um, yeah, you could say it was my grandfather, but not really. But yes, but not really. So do you smoke cigars? I or used to. I still do every once in a while, but my lungs won't let me anymore. Now, just, now it's sort of just like something for the customers. Right? Yeah, but it's it's fun when the boys come in. They're like, "Will you smoke with us?" And I'll be like, "Yeah." I will, but I grab a little mini. I do. And it's just, it's the, the whole experience of the smoke in your mouth, the way that it feels, the way that it tastes. And then some of the more seasoned smokers can blow it out your nose. And then you get a whole nother layer of the cigar. You literally get a whole nother layer. You get like the vanilla, the cocos, mm-hmm. and you can even get the pepper and sneeze. But it's, it's, cigars are so complex. They're so wonderful. And so it was something from your childhood that you remember that sort of makes you like, uh, like your, you said your mother's stepdad. Step, step yeah, dad? my my grandfather from my mom's second, from my mom's grandma's mom's, second. Yeah, husband. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> however that works. So Nora's is like, um, you said you opened it because you you didn't I want to your house any, anymore. Exactly. <laughs> I've heard that. That before. is the truth. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so we'll go back to Moody Distributing days, and back to when National first took over. And I used to get all these beer samples. Well, I would have, like, I had a four-door refrigerator on my back porch. I would go home and people would be there. And when i get home, people would be there. And I'd go, try to go to bed and people would be there. And I'm like, dude, I have to get up in the morning. I'm not at, with Moody anymore. It's not like I can start whenever. I actually have to be in the office at 8 a.m. And it's good, good night hour. It's the goodbye, good night hour. So, yes, I couldn't. I, yes. True story. Get out of my house. Go too bad. One more. No. Out now. Out now. And then I'd be like, okay, one more. You know, and that's why no, I can't. Even here sometimes. I'm here like, I, and I don't mind it here. But I will. Yeah, because you can go home. Yeah. What's something on your bucket list? Something on my bucket list. I think I, it's, it's either going to be a really long train ride, like the Orient Express or the other thing on my bucket list, um, I'd love to see this place go to somebody else and really enjoy it, but that's not on my bucket list for like what I have to do. 
Um, I think maybe a, a river and bike ride or something like that, mm. or just to actually have a week off with pay. <laughs> <laughs> You're dreaming now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> um, you, you've started doing... Have you started doing more events recently? For, yeah. Uh, talk about uh, what led to that. Was it part of the pandemic or... More events because of the pandemic. We didn't really get a lot to do. So we did a lot of things outside. So that made me do buckets and... Um, it's uh, blankets, buckets, and big screen. Where you bring your own blanket, you get a bucket of beer, and you sit outside in the big screen. So I started doing that. And now, because it's summertime, I do it inside in the back room in the humidor with a TV. But come in the fall, we'll be back outside on the – because it's beautiful. It's beautiful, and the screen is huge. And we heckle, and we have fun. And then burgers and brews is whenever I change my keg over. I find out who wants to come in, and we do a a keg sampling. And we have burgers, so we have little two little sliders and a 16-ounce beer for $12. You can't beat that. Chair massage, because people are so stressed out lately, and it just feels so wonderful to go to have a glass of wine and then get a little 10, 15-minute chair massage. Um, the pop-up markets, I did that. All of this is not created because of COVID, but it, it was... It went, came to fruition because of COVID. Because I've always loved going to markets. Do one of my my favorite things to do is go to New York and go into uh, all like all over Chelsea and all that, and all over and just go shopping at the little markets outside. I love vintage, and that's why I miss all the stores down there. But that's something that we do. And I mean, our own Patty Sheehan is absolutely wonderful with her mosaic and her glass design and her pottery and everything else. And then we've got our own hot sauce maker, which is Lester Stover. I mean, it's all local, all real people behind it. And they're all here selling their wares. Mm-hmm. That's fun. And then what else? Um, I used to do food and I'm going to, I, I'm going to start getting the snack packs back again. Cause people really want food here. And I, I, um, just couldn't find anything that wanted that wanted to commit because mm-hmm. if it started to rain, oh, it's raining. Well, you have a tent, and yeah. this is part of being outside in Florida, yeah. and this is part of being a pop-up food place, right? Yeah. So I just said, screw it. I'll just do the burgers and brews, and it'll be every two weeks, and I'll have snack packs like I used to before. Speaking, it just sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, it's just it just I had to stop the snack packs because during COVID there wasn't anyone sitting here eating, yeah, and yeah, I yeah. I ate them all myself ten pounds later. <laughs> Speaking of snacks, what's your go-to snack food? My go-to snack mm-hmm. food: Swedish fish. <laughs> nice, nice. They have a texture that no gummy has. No, they don't. It's really weird. It's, it is, yeah. It's very unique. I love them. Is there anything else you wanted the community to know about you? Come to Nora's network at Nora's not talking business but get to know people at Nora's this is you become part of the family we are family we are community um we're comfort we're definitely comfort people always come and they're like I feel so comfortable here because I don't feel like I have to talk to anybody but if I do I can yeah Mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm alone but not alone and it's a nice little honeycomb hideout is what I call it and I do really appreciate Orlando and I really love it here I mean we're talking since I was 19 I've lived in Orlando I've lived in College Park since I was 20. So like five years. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and just just stop and remember you have local independents that need your money so we can support the other local independents. Because if we don't, you know, it's like I try to support the farmers markets, the mushroom farmers, all that kind of stuff. We um, local plants, you know, it just keep it real and keep it keep it here. Keep it yeah. local. Keep it real and keep it local. And love thy neighbor. (laughs) That's all we got. 
Thank you for listening to the Community Podcast. Did you like what you heard? Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and tell your friends and family to do the same. Stay up to date on the latest news from the Community Paper by visiting yourcommunitypaper.com and follow them on social media. The show is produced by Nick Giorgudio. Learn more about starting your own podcast by visiting orlandopodcasting.com.